welcome back to the latest, to the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I am Caleb, and with me, as always, is Brandon. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I can't complain. Yeah, it's, uh, well, uh, we don't really want to talk about your day, do we? Yeah, it wasn't the best day, but you know, I've had worse, so yeah, I it, it got I, better at the end, so that's, that's all good. I didn't know what you were going to say when I when I asked you, so I was kind of curious what your response was going to be. <laughs> try try to stay positive here. Yeah, we we don't need to go into details, but all right, yeah. it, it it was a Monday to say the least. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, we've got we're going to be bringing Michigan football and basketball talk here this week uh, as plenty is going on. Uh, we won't dive into it right away, but uh, most of you probably are aware of some of the things happening. But we do want to make sure to continue our segment about our crazy facts, crazy things you just don't know that you probably don't need to know, but we're here to tell you about it. Yeah, because I mean, who 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 doesn't want useless information, right? Oh yeah, for sure. All right, so this one is about uh, the Apple company, and to be honest, I don't know who the second person is in this com- uh, this conversation in this context. I can't remember his name, but there was. <laughs> No, <laughs> he was always there. Uh, but there was uh, so Apple was founded. Uh, Steve Jobs, blah blah blah, you know. And um, there was a co-founder. But what people don't usually know is that there was actually a third founder of Apple, and his name was Ronald Wayne. Hmm. And I'm, I'm sitting here looking at a picture of him with his house. And he, in 1976, he decided to sell his 10% stake in the company for a whopping $800. Oh, man. Yeah, and then Jobs and Wozniak cleaned up. Yeah, oh, you Wozniak. Okay, thank you. I couldn't think of his name. And once we got started, I forgot to look it up. But, yeah, so uh, that's one of those stories you don't hear a whole lot about. It's like the um, the other guy from the Beatles. They got booted out right before they got big. Oh, there was a fifth guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't remember what his name is, but uh, look it up. Just imagine being that guy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Didn't Hey, didn't you know someone who used to be in Florida Georgia line? Um, Kind of. The story with that is uh, he... They they weren't the official band. I, I think it was just one of them, one of the okay. guitar players. Uh, my friend was down in Florida and for years, and he he's an excellent guitar player, and he played with uh, one of the guys. I don't know if they were officially in a band or they were just like, you know, some of those guys that just got together and played, but he knew them or uh, knew him. And so actually it's – all the time I see pictures of him with Florida Georgia line, because whenever they're in his area, they always like invite him to come to the concert. So oh, yeah, okay. he, he, I don't, 
it's one of those things that I don't really want to ask him too many details because I don't know how he feels about it still. <laughs> right. If, yeah, if it could be a sore subject. Yeah. So, but I never did hear the full story on like, okay, was it like you left because he moved out of state then, and so it's like, oh, so, so did you leave and then they formed their band and then it happened, or were they kind of a thing and then you left and you just told, like, either way, the opportunity didn't click. Um, right. So, but yeah, that's. Uh, you never know. He's married and got family, happy, but yeah, those kind of interesting opportunity things you never know mm-hmm. so but i don't think uh, either of us have exactly had anything like that in our lives <laughs> yeah not anywhere near that no i unless I, unless craig strikes it strikes it rich or something <laughs> yeah craig ditches the show and goes and strikes it rich no actually what's going to happen is this show is going to take off and craig is going to be left in the dust yeah <laughs> No. So we're the new Wozniak and Jobs. Yep, there you go. <laughs> uh, Craig is going to be a, a footnote. <laughs> no, but um, oh, what was it? Oh, I was going to say I missed uh, my opportunity to get in on that whole jumps to conclusion, Matt, idea. <laughs> Good old office space. Oh, man. But, yeah, um. Man, that's making me think of a ton of different things. I've I'm actually been taking an entrepreneurship class um, for yeah. different things, and that makes me think of all those different things you see in movies and whatnot. Anyways, huge rabbit trail. Who's huge sidetrack from Apple to all that way? Um, but we'll move into because, like I said, we do have uh, plenty to talk about with both uh, football and basketball, and I think we're gonna start with football. Because, frankly, we miss football. And talking about football is always nice. And today, spring has officially sprung. Because uh, spring football practice is here. Uh, It was all over Twitter. And it actually kind of, um, actually, as Craig uh, (laughs) put out on uh, Twitter, fittingly enough, uh, Michigan football Twitter essentially pushed Michigan basketball out of the way. (laughs) Yeah, because yeah. uh, uh, Michigan football is coming back in the conversation. And it's kind of interesting because uh, Brandon and I have been doing the show since the uh, since after the bowl season, and everything ended. And so a lot of times in previous years, Craig and I had plenty of content because uh, the first couple of years Harbaugh was here. He was still that. um uh shoot personality the social media presence personality he was always doing something mm-hmm. but now over time um he's kind of regressed and i think it's because he's getting more uh, he's always been serious about it but i think he's just kind of honing in more so during this off season we've been kind of like looking at it and we're like man you know some of these weeks are really slow so um it's nice to have football back in the conversation and, you know, not, not a ton to talk about, but there are a few things here. And, uh, the main thing of course, to discuss is the offense. And I think basically everything that we have that we're going to mention here is referring to the offense. But once again, we find ourselves with the staff discussing how Gaddis the new offensive coordinator, officially offensive coordinator too, um, 
is not only organizing the offense, but he is given full control and will be doing the play calling for the offense. And uh, Brandon, we have a lovely thing that we like to refer to that we picked up in college. What 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 do we usually <laughs> say in the situation? Yeah, that's uh, show me, don't tell me. Because I feel like we've heard this before. Yeah. Now, <laughs> do you? How do you feel about it? Because I know that we talked a little bit about it, and uh, pretty much I think before we said the same thing. Show me, don't tell me. But do you? honestly believe it's going to be a situation where Gaddis is allowed to do basically whatever Gaddis wants to? Oh, see, I have a hard time believing that because I know how stubborn head football coaches can be. Uh, you know, whether or not he really does have free reign of it, uh, I mean, that remains to be seen, but um, well, we know there's going to be a change at least somewhat. Uh, and I feel like Gaddis fits our offensive weapons better like we've lost Higdon um Evans is gone so now we're kind of without that that solid running back but we do have a very deep receiving core Mm -hmm. so you know I'm hoping that this is all true I'm hoping it's not just the you know blowing smoke at us here um I, I really hope that there is a change and that we work towards our strengths a lot more and hope he has free range of whatever he wants to do yeah, no, for sure. That's a interesting thing to point out because it is kind of perfect timing that he's in uh, on staff now because, you know, it, it basically it's the wide receiver core and, uh, I mean, not, not to downplay anything, but all or nothing because of what you were saying with the running back core. So I, I do believe that he will have a ton of the control. Of course, I mean, Harbaugh will probably be getting his insight. I'm kind of curious if this is a situation and, you know, everybody's always like, oh, you can't teach a old dog new tricks or however you want to say it. But I, I'm wondering if he's changing his mindset and philosophy because he has been um, everywhere he's gone, he's been heavily involved, which, I mean, you know, a lot of times you will and you need to be and that's fine. But um, I, I think he might be getting to the point because I believe this with um, this is more where Nick Saban is, where it's just like, OK, I'm going to do X, Y and Z. But these are the things that I'm going to hire the best people, uh, the best coaches out there to do, because I know that the game has changed, especially for Saban, because he's been in the game so long. Mm hmm. And so he's getting the people who are more in tune with what is currently, you know, working, what is currently, you know, does the best against defenses and things of that nature. So I, I'm I'm optimistic that that might be the situation here where essentially he's opening because he's already done that with the defense with Don Brown, essentially. Um, but of course, defense isn't what Harbaugh is known for. So it is going to be kind of interesting to see if he really is able to release his grip from the offense, but Mm -hmm. I'm I'm optimistic, but still resort to show me, don't tell me. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the same boat. Yeah. Uh, It's really early to tell. And uh, we're both going to be trying to make it to the spring game. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how much they show essentially. Uh, Mm -hmm. Especially since this is going to be the first time that Gaddis is going to be doing anything. So 
there be opportunity to hold on to a lot until the season actually starts. But um, other things that came up then, uh, still related to the offense, was the depth chart or the yeah the depth chart for quarterback, um, which is essentially what it was during the season last year with Patterson, McCaffrey, then Milton, and as you often hear. It is um, still an intense competition because if Patterson um, relaxes at all, they're saying that um, McCaffrey or Milton could easily overtake him. It's the same story every year, but I kind of feel like this year it might be a little bit more honest than most. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree. Um, You know, Patterson, he started off the year pretty well. Uh, He kind of fizzled out a little bit towards the end. Uh, and obviously McCaffrey got hurt and we didn't see too much from Milton, but um, you got to believe, I mean, what we saw from McCaffrey, it was great. And you got to believe, uh, you know, with another year under his belt, Milton has only improved. Yeah. So, you know, I can see it being a, a tighter race than last year. Yeah. And I think um, to your point of saying that Patterson uh, had a little bit of fizzling out or whatever, he didn't, um, continuously improve through the season um you know it the whole team struggled so Mm -hmm. it's not like everybody was doing well but then patterson was noticeably struggling uh even though a lot can come from the quarterback and everything but i think that um i don't think it was too uh detrimental from his uh his position and his spot. There was just stuff all over the board, play calling and, you know, defense wasn't helping and all that sorts of stuff there in the last few games. So, um, mental mistakes, fun stuff, happy stuff. But, um, probably the most interesting thing that came up that I did want to mention, and I didn't dig through everything, but of what I got through so far, since they is just here day one, um, they took time to talk about the fullback position, um, mm-hmm. which uh, seems interesting. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I didn't get through everything, so I don't know if they essentially covered the full range of positions. But uh, they're discussing that fullbacks are mainly just going to be used on goal line situations. And so the infamous Ben Mason would be limited in his playing time, except for they're already talking about moving him to the defensive line. And you even said that uh, it sounds like multiple positions. Yeah. I didn't see like a list of positions or even where he was really working out. And actually when you told me earlier about him being on the defensive line, like I never even heard that. I just heard that he could possibly play at five different positions. Yeah. You know, whether they have that fullback on goal line, defensive line, like you said, um, you know, maybe at tight end or something like that. I, I could see that too. Yeah, I, that's why I was going to say I, my initial reaction was maybe something with tight end. I mean, defensive line makes sense with the size, but, you know, well, I mean, there are plenty of people who play on offense and defense, so it'll be interesting. Um, but, yeah, people maybe don't Maybe they're going to switch them to running back, too, in, in some packages. That could be. Yeah, I guess. I mean, why not? I mean, there's going to be... Uh, plenty of vacancy there that they'll need somebody to step in. So it's possible. Mm -hmm. 
But it'll be interesting. We'll we'll have to wait and see. So this week is going to be where you're probably going to start hearing a lot of information about Michigan football again with spring practice beginning. And then the trip's going to be happening. The spring game is going to be happening on all those things. So uh, more conversations, more uh, deeper conversations with Michigan football and things of like that. So, uh, but then we also have had plenty to say with Michigan basketball because there was another game played against a very familiar team and <laughs> the story was just stuck on repeat <laughs> right. as uh, Michigan fell to Michigan State for the third time this year in the Big Ten championship game with the final score of 65 to 60. And uh, that was just, I was explaining, I was talking to somebody about it today. And um, I basically said that Michigan slowly improved between each matchup. Like each game, they played a little bit better. But Mm -hmm. then they just felt like the first game, they, they essentially like, it was a mess kind of throughout. If I remember correctly, like before halftime, it just wasn't very good anyways. Uh, anyways, but then the second game, they took it into the second half and, you know, things were OK. But then the wheels came off and this time they got in within the last 10 minutes, close to five minute mark. And they, you know, they were within five minutes of winning and they just crapped themselves kind of. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, they poop the bed for sure. Poop the bed. Um, yeah, it, it was the same story, essentially. Uh, one of the biggest things, and I was trying to confirm it, and I didn't double check it, but um, Michigan State was beating Michigan on the rebounds, and that just kind of killed some of the momentum. Uh, there was actually, I mean, Brasdingas was doing really well. Simpson was doing uh, really well. There there was a lot of good stuff. Poole has been really um, inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of tough. But, yeah, they had a good lead, and then Michigan State slowly chunked their way back. And I'm I'm saying people can get upset with all the, all the stuff, missed shots, bad calls, fine. But... Michigan let things go when there were still five minutes in the game. And that, that was really where the problem was. They didn't, as we referenced so much with the football program, they didn't keep their foot on the pedal. They eased up and Michigan state took advantage and it was a five point loss at the end. Yeah. I mean, that was the same thing as last game. Like the, in the first half, they came out fast. Um, this time it was just, Dykus got most of our points like in the first half. I think at one point we had 12 points, something like that, and he had nine of them. Yeah. It, it was something ridiculous like that. And then, you know, we were doing good until, you know, like you said, about five, six, seven minutes left in the game, and, you know, the wheels just fell off again. And I noticed again this time that guys were just slipping behind the defense and getting mm-hmm. like easy layups and easy dunks. Yeah. There was how like, many times did we leave McQuaid wide open for a three pointer? Yeah. That's seriously all that guy has. 
That is the that is what kills Michigan is some dumb white guy who can shoot <laughs> stupid shots. Some some white guy that looks like the sloth from Ice Age. <laughs> dude, that guy, dude, somebody give him a razor so he can shave his neck. <laughs> like I don't get that. Like I've 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 always uh, kind of had that goofy conversation with people where it's just like, could you imagine not shaving underneath your jawline and uh, underneath your neck and everything. And that's essentially what the guy's doing. <laughs> so anyways, pretty much. And I don't think I've ever seen that guy with his mouth closed. <laughs> he always has his mouth open. I played uh high school ball with a guy like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's funny. Uh, so yeah, another sad case for Michigan, but kind of in the end, people are saying, you know, it is what it is because now they look at where Michigan is seated in the tournament, which is of course the huge stuff going on right now, because you got to fill out your brackets and fill them out fast because before you know it, the games are going to start. Um, and people are talking about how favorable things are for Michigan. Uh, compared to where Michigan State landed. Both teams uh, landed as two seeds, but I think in the overall rankings, Michigan State is the sixth uh, team, and Michigan is the eighth, I believe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, um, yeah Michigan kind of got the little silver lining there. Yeah. Now, the I mean... Easier region on paper, at least e- easier. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say that. it's It's on paper... It is what it is. It's um, it's kind of it's always tough to tell. I mean, of course you've got because you, you look at it. Michigan's got Gonzaga, uh, which is always a decent team, but they all, I always reference that they always wind up finding a way to lose it before like the Final Four. Usually, mm-hmm. so they've made it to the championship game like once. Um, and Michigan's because Michigan's in the West, Michigan State's in the East, and they landed um, with Duke in their bra- in their bracket. But Michigan also has the infamous Syracuse team, which usually, even when they're crappy, finds a way to screw things up for somebody. So whether that zone, it's, yeah, it's that zone that throws everybody off. Yeah. So Michigan wouldn't have to face them until the uh, Elite Eight if they if they both teams went that far. So yeah. But, Another uh, t- tough one in our area is we got uh, Nevada, too. Yeah. Well, I, it, it basically anybody who wins that game, Nevada or Florida, Florida took out LSU in the SEC um, tournament. So mm-hmm. even though Florida's inconsistent, if they you know catch their stride at the right time, they could pose just as many problems. So, yeah. I'd probably say... I believe we also have... Don't we have Buffalo as well? Yes. Yeah, and I was looking at some of their box scores. That team puts up some points. Yeah. They had a few games where they had over 100 points. Yep. I think, uh, don't they play CMU? Yeah, they're in the MAC conference. Yeah, and I um, think I saw... So some of the, yeah, some of the big non-conference games they had, they beat West Virginia. Um, they lost to Marquette. And oh, they beat another team that's in the tournament. Now I don't remember who it is. Yeah. Uh, it's going to drive me nuts. Because Jason and I were talking about that at work. And he's like, well, have they really even played anybody? Because we were surprised by their by their um, record. And I looked it up. 
And it was the, oh man, it was one game they had, and I was just like, whoa, they beat that team. Well, if it was Kansas, that's not impressive because Kansas crushed that all time. (laughs) Well, it would be Kansas in a tournament, and they would lose by like 20 points in the first round. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, they they beat Syracuse, is what it was. Oh, yeah. Syracuse Syracuse 71 to 59. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Syracuse is a weird team this year. Like they'll they'll take uh, somebody out, or they can take somebody out, but it'll be interesting to see if they they do or not. So yeah, Michigan's West um, region, the teams I'd point out the most to is uh, Gonzaga, Syracuse, uh, Marquette's in there too. People are talking high about Murray State. Uh, then you've got Buffalo, like you were saying, Nevada, Florida, and uh, Michigan are all kind of in there. Uh, nothing too imp- uh, Gonzaga and Syracuse, like I said, are kind of probably the two bigger ones. Um, that won't be until. Oh wait, actually, no. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, it would be not until the Elite Eight that they run into each other if they both go that far. Yeah. Um, but then Buffalo, Florida, Nevada would all be uh, before then earlier on in the gameplay. So in Michigan State, where they wound up landing, and this is kind of. Um, Lousy, I don't... Well, some of it I don't mind. Some of it I do. I don't know. I've always been kind of torn. Like, what do, what do you think about this? Do you like it more when a uh, conference has most of their teams kind of on one side of the bracket so you don't have, like, a uh, conference... Two conference teams in the championship? Or do you want uh, them spread out? I mean, I kind of like them spread out. Yeah. Like, cause in uh, Michigan State's East region, you've got Michigan State, you've got Minnesota, and you've got Maryland. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, like that's not the worst. But and then in another in another region, you've got Wisconsin and Iowa in the same. And I think, oh no, and then there's Ohio State by themselves in the Midwest. So it's kind of like. Oh, uh, Purdue's actually with uh, Wisconsin. There we go. Purdue's in Wisconsin. So it's kind of like, I don't know why they couldn't have thrown one of those Big Ten teams and the other one. But the seeding is super complex anyways, and so it it happens. And so we'll kind of see where that goes. But, yeah, Michigan State wound up landing in the East with then Duke, which nobody, everybody's saying that nobody wants to play. Um, Duke's over there. VCU's over there. I mean, they are what they are. They wound up getting toppled in their uh, tournament. Um, LSU, excuse me, sorry. LSU's over there. And uh, Louisville. Louisville. So, I mean, honestly, all in all, outside of Duke, that doesn't really seem as bad as some people are painting that picture. No, not. Yeah, at least not on paper. I, I find it weird that the first four play-in games are all seeds on the left side of the bracket. Yeah, I I was thinking, I noticed that too, and I can't remember if that is normal or not. I I don't think so. I swear it was spread out last year. I may be wrong, but yeah, it just seems weird to me. I'm actually going to see here real quick if I can uh, pull one up. Uh, Nope, that's normal. Huh. Or at least last year it was the same. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, no, actually, uh, there were two in the East last year, one in the West and one in the Midwest. Okay. So, yeah, I just find it weird that they're all on the same side. Yeah. And some of my picks here, I got to wait until those play because some of my picks will depend on who wins those. Like, I could see Arizona State making more of a run than St. John's. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't think we're going to see a one lose again this year, but Virginia better not be stupid this year. <laughs> that was insane last year. What was that school's name? I don't remember now. Oh man, it's it's the dog, the golden retriever. Um Yeah, I can I can picture the logo. Oh no. I, I just saw them post something. Uh actually uh, a few days ago they had something um uh, uh recapping that getting ready for the tournament because they didn't make it um this year. They were kind of close. Oh, UMBC. Uh what's what's it stand for? Uh, University of Massachusetts something, wasn't it? Oh, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Okay. Wow, that just makes it sound worse. <laughs> and they destroyed them. Yeah, it wasn't even close. 74, they were just completely 74 dominated. to 54. Yeah. I remember watching that game. We were watching another game, I think, and uh, I saw people talking about it. I'm like, oh, man, I got to switch this over because this has never happened before. And yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. They were just completely dominating Virginia on like both sides of the ball. Oh yeah, it it was so bad because, um, and honestly, I I can't, I can't remember if I thought it during it or if I thought of it afterwards. But I was just kind of like, sweet, maybe people will talk more about this than the Appalachian State football game. <laughs> because uh, yeah, honestly, honestly, yeah, they they probably. I mean, in my opinion, I think that that's a bigger deal than what wound up happening in Michigan. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. Because, I mean, UMBC is really a nobody. Appalachian State, what? That was their run when they won their uh, championship a couple years in a row right before they came into the uh, FBS. So I think so. And that was a regular season game. This is a tournament. True, yeah. That'd be like losing a bowl game to Appalachian State or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, no we couldn't do that because we only play Florida in bowl games. Yeah, right. Gosh, uh, if that if if Michigan plays Florida in a bowl game in the next two years and it's not in the playoffs, I want somebody to punch me in the face. <laughs> like I don't even care that we like. I don't care from the standpoint of, oh, I don't want to potentially lose them again. It's just like I don't, you know, bowl season is when you're supposed to play different and unique teams. That was a rerun of a rerun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fun stuff. But, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk more about the tournament, of course, next week, next episode. And there'll be updates by that time about how Michigan is faring because Michigan will be playing Thursday night and Saturday night. Um, so then when we typically uh, record on Sunday nights, we'll have information on how that's going. Mm-hmm. And with that, I think that brings the episode to a close. 
Yeah, I don't have anything else. Um, actually, other than um, Michigan's Pro Day. Oh, yes. And yep. I only have like one little thing about that is that Wilton Spate was invited to join. Oh, no. And he actually ran a faster 40 than Zach Gentry. Oh, I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> as, as soon as you said his name, I was just like, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> it and, just and, blew my mind. I had to throw that in. And you remember how be- ugly of a runner Spate was. Oh, yeah. He, he, he reminded me of like when Tom Brady runs. Yes. Yeah, actually, that's that's a fair point. I mean, just... You know, some people are not meant to run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's a guy that I play basketball with, um, you know, just recreationally. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't too bad because, you know, it's not basketball. It's not very long distance. But, right. yeah, some people are a different kind of runner. Let's put it that way. So. um, All right. I think that's. uh. That's it for this week. It'll be exciting because by the time we talk to everybody again, then next week it will be um, in the middle of the madness. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we'll have good news for Michigan basketball team, which is, you know, different as of late. And uh, yeah, if uh, you good. I'm good. Sweet. Well, uh, as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, We hope you all have a great week. Get uh, ready for the madness. Hope you all enjoy watching the game. And we hope we bring you good news then on our next episode. And until next time, go blue. Go blue.